You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. God said to him, my power is made perfect in weakness. And for the rest of Paul's life, he had to deal with that thorn in the flesh. He had to deal with that physical infirmity. And listen, you could have prayed for Paul all you wanted to, and Paul could have continued to pray, uh, but it wouldn't do any good. In, In terms of seeing the thorn removed, because God's will was, the thorn has a divine purpose. And so it doesn't matter how many people prayed, doesn't matter how many people fasted for Paul, God's not gonna heal him because it was not God's will to heal him. So we want to find out, God, what's your will? Nothing can be more frustrating than to want something so badly only to be denied time and time again. When it comes to asking God for healing from sickness or affliction, many believers are often left wondering why God doesn't respond with healing. In today's message, Pastor Danny reflects on the thorn in the flesh that Apostle Paul dealt with for a large portion of his ministry. In his study, you'll learn that while many of us would prefer not to suffer such things, they very well could be a part of God's divine purpose. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of James chapter 5 with today's edition of The Living Word. Paul the Apostle. Here's a guy who did extraordinary miracles. I'm just looking for ordinary miracles. My goodness. God allowed him to do extraordinary miracles. He saw people heal. Miracle, all kind of miraculous things. One guy he killed by preaching too long. Remember Eutychus, he was up there in the fourth story there and the the candles in the room and Paul went on and on and on and on and on. You go, I know what that's like. I listen to you. No, but he died all night. He talked and Eutychus fell asleep, fell out of the window. He was sitting up in and he, he was dead. Paul went and prayed for him. God raised him from the dead. He killed him and then used prayer to resurrect him. All I've done for a lot of you is just giving you a lot of good naps over the years. (laughs) Paul the Apostle, here's a guy who God used mightily to see others healed and miraculous things happen. And yet, a thorn in the flesh from Satan. And Paul prayed. Not just once, he prayed three times. And the third time, God answered him. And God said, no. I'm going to keep you humble. And Paul would say, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these great revelations God has given me. God said to him, my power is made perfect in weakness. And for the rest of Paul's life, he had to deal with that thorn in the flesh. He had to deal with that physical infirmity. And listen, you could have prayed for Paul all you wanted to, and Paul could have continued to pray, uh, but it wouldn't do any good. In, In terms of seeing the thorn removed because God's will was, the thorn has a divine purpose. And so it doesn't matter how many people prayed. doesn't matter how many people fasted for Paul. God's not going to heal him because it was not God's will to heal him. So we want to find out, God, what's your will? What's your will? Here's another thought. Unconfessed sin would prevent the person's healing. And I've already mentioned unconfessed sin. And sometimes I believe there'd be more healing if there weren't so much hidden, unconfessed sin. And here's one last thought in the passage, right in the passage. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. That's so encouraging to me. 
I've never had anything like the ministry of Elijah in terms of the miracles. Nevertheless, I have the privilege, and so do you as a Christian. You don't have to be, you don't have to have a special calling on your life. You don't have to have some big miraculous ministry. John the Baptist never performed one miracle, but I'll tell you what, that guy knew how to get a hold of God. He was filled with the spirit from birth. That's what the Bible says. That guy had a connection with God. He got through, but he never performed one miracle because that wasn't God's call for his life. But you can have, I can have, every one of us can have a powerful and effective prayer ministry. Now, before I close with some very practical suggestions, let's just go through some thoughts. And this is what we've been through. Here's some, some things to consider. First of all, how do I react in varying circumstances of, of life? And what we want to mature to the point of is that no matter what I'm going through, if I'm in trouble, pray. If I'm merry and in good spirits, I want to make sure I give God praise. If I'm without strength and powerless, and it's a crisis situation, before I call the doctor, I should call the elders of the church. That's what it says. Call for the elders of the church. Let them come. Anoint you with oil and pray. And if it's God's will, the prayer of faith will heal them. And if they've sinned, and the idea is they've sinned, they need to confess it, and God's ready and willing to forgive them. And the implication is it might be that the sin is what caused their affliction. Okay? Second, am I as relational as I should be with the body of Christ, the church? Some of us really need to consider that. Now, it's going to take your effort. If you want to be relational, there are plenty of opportunities to be relational. You can find a way to be relational. But you have to be willing to do it. Number three, is my sickness or weakness related to sin in my life? And then number four, are my prayers powerful and effective? Now, let me get personal on this. I still wonder why we don't see more miraculous healings in our fellowship. I sometimes wonder. And I sometimes, I sometimes wonder personally if my own prayer life is really powerful and effective. And, and for some, some of the reason is I, because we don't see more miracles. Now, we've seen some miracles. guy came up to me right after first service. I've known him for years. And he said, you, you may not see many, but you've seen one. Now, I've seen more than one, but we prayed for him and anointed him a few years ago, and he went back to the doctor, and what they saw is gone. I mean, it's gone. It came back. We anointed him again recently, and he went back to the doctor, and they're just like baffled. They're like, we can't explain it. And he's like, well, I can explain it. He says, the elders of the church prayed for me, and God healed me. And we've seen that kind of thing. Praise. But some, sometimes I wonder why we don't see it more. Sometimes I wonder why I don't see it more when I lay hands or anoint somebody. I want to see it more. And sometimes I'm challenged if my prayers are really being effective. Let me give you some very, very practical suggestions. And here's the first one. Set aside time every day to pray. Some people have said to me sincerely, well, I just pray as I go through the day. There's nothing at all wrong with that. I recommend it. Nevertheless, Jesus is our example, and while we have the privilege of going throughout the day in a prayer attitude, 
and praying. Jesus, Luke 5, when the news about him spread and his ministry grew so fast and so big, it says, yet Jesus often withdrew to lonely places where he prayed. He set aside time. I suggest making morning first and foremost because I want to go into the day prayed up. Second suggestion, don't always close your eyes when you pray. Uh, Where do we get this? We always got to close our eyes. Uh, Jesus didn't always close his eyes. He stood at the tomb of Lazarus. It says he looked up to heaven and he prayed. He was talking to his father, but he prayed. We close our eyes. Somebody started that because it it helps us to focus, to focus. But there's nothing else spiritual about closing your eyes. Do you understand that? If you're tired and you start to get drowsy and your eyes are closed, open your eyes. I highly recommend if you're operating a motor vehicle, keep your eyes open. Third suggestion, take prayer walks. This is one of the most practical things for me because it helps me be alert. I'm walking. I'm walking, but I'm praying. I'm pray- Jesus would go up into a mountain. He would go walk. He would go walk, and he said he went up there to pray. And I bet he didn't start praying after he got on the mountain. Take prayer walks. And if you can bike and pray, that's fine. Fine. It's just I, I got to think a whole lot less when I'm just walking. When I'm biking, I want to think about the cars and whoever, you know. Here's another suggestion. Try journaling. What is that? These are over six years. And I don't say this. I'm, I'm just using this as an example, personal example. These are notebooks of six, over six years of my journaling. I'm not the kind of guy to journal. I'm just not made up that way. Some of you are going, what is journaling? This notebook contains the first couple of years of my journaling, and my first one is recorded the date 3891. Some of you weren't even born then. And it didn't start in the morning with my morning devotions. It started as I was, if I remember right, leaving Piedmont Airlines where I worked at Tampa Airport and driving to my office, Calvary Chapel office at the time, was in Seminole, on Seminole Boulevard. And here's what I wrote down. Around noon while driving to Seminole, I was meditating on John 17, 3, thinking of if heaven was only being in the presence of God, no streets of gold, etc., just God, would that be a letdown? Then God spoke very clearly to me, and he said, I am more glorious than my creation. That's all we have time for on today's edition of The Living Word. There's more to learn from the book of James, so we hope you'll join us again. Pastor Danny Hodges leads and serves the Lord as pastor of Calvary Chapel Fellowship, and each new edition of The Living Word that you hear is from one of his messages given to the congregation. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, we want to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Come just as you are for a time of worship, fellowship, and studying the Bible on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. You'll be able to find directions at our website, ccfstpete.church. If you're not in the area, you can still join us virtually through our live stream. You'll find a link at the top of the page at ccfstpete.church. 
Is there anything that we can be praying about for you? If so, please email us at info at ccfstpete.church. We love that we can do this for our listeners, and we'd be happy to answer any questions you have to the best of our ability. Would you also pray for us? Please pray for Pastor Danny as he continues to share the Word of God, and for the listeners who, like you, are tuning in to hear truth and love. Pray for protection and for open hearts. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in to The Living Word.